Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, leaders and organizations have more responsibility than ever to build inclusive and positive workplace cultures. And this is a welcomed opportunity and one that I continue to explore. I find wanting to know more about the barriers that are getting in the way of building a better organizational culture. The work I'm doing with leaders and organizations is calling for us to build a better culture. And over the past years, I've worked hard as a leader to build an inclusive and positive workplace culture where we're constantly working as a team to own and achieve positive results. These results are because our mission is to make a difference in the lives of those we serve. And to do so, our employees also need to feel like their work is making a difference in their lives, that coming to work makes them a better person because they're contributing to others on our team and those who we provide services to. I see great positive examples on our team and also see times when we slip. What I'm most proud of is when we do, we've matured our team to work collectively to solve problems that are right in front of us. As I work with leaders and teams and organizations, I see places where cultures are broken, you know, to those that may just have a little slippage. As we focus on inclusive and positive workplace culture, it seems to be difficult to achieve without addressing how our individual behavior contributes to the culture. So if you'll allow me, I start today with this statement about us as individuals. We are all biased, and those biases can cause conflict and even be toxic in the workplace. In this podcast, I I focus today on cognitive biases. It's a place that allows all of us to assess ourselves. Why? Because cognitive biases are inherent in the way we think. Our cognitive biases are conscious and unconscious. So let's dig a a little bit deeper. A cognitive bias stems from our subjective thought of something or someone. We are constantly making sense of what we're seeing. Our way of thinking stems from our perceptions. We stem from our experiences, our viewpoints. We may even have cognitive biases when we make a quick judgment that becomes our reality. And then there are errors in the way we think. And those errors surface in front of our peers and our colleagues. You know, the many types of cognitive biases serve as systematic errors in a person's subjective way of thinking. It originates from an individual's own perceptions, from an individual's observations, or someone's points of view. There are different types of bias people experience that influence and affect the way we think and behave, as well as how we make decisions and the process we use for making those decisions. Our cognitive biases have negative influences on our organizational culture in several ways. They interfere with individuals' ability and opportunity to think critically. They prevent people from hearing uncomfortable information that helps people in the organization grow and improve. Our cognitive biases surface misconceptions and misinformation, and they hinder exchanges of accurate information. So again, let's dig a little bit deeper into the two types of cognitive biases. 
that influence the way we process information to make judgments. I'm going to focus on two today. These individual behaviors have a negative effect on our organizational culture. The first type of cognitive bias is what's called Dunning-Kruger effect. The less we know about something, the less complicated it is to us. When we're in this place, based on our limited knowledge, we think an answer may be simple and we don't see a need to explore additional information. We don't see a need to learn more about a topic because we know all there is to know and it's too hard to learn more. We may make quick assertions on limited information and see our way of thinking as the right one with no need to learn more. You know, Dunning-Kruger is significant in student learning. You know, John Hattie did a, a cognitive meta-analysis on, on student K-12 learning, and he found that one of the most influencing factors for student achievement is how well students can predict how they're going to perform on an assessment or how they're going to perform in general, how well they know something. These students who overpredict are experiencing the Dunning-Kruger effect. Students who had higher degrees of skill or competence make better predictions about how well they would perform or they'll perform. Therefore, they're not experiencing this cognitive bias in a way that the less skilled students are. I'm going to come back to this type of cognitive bias and connect it to what we use as individual stages of change in our work, where people shift from being unconsciously unskilled to consciously unskilled, to consciously skilled, to unconsciously skilled as they move through those learning phases. There's a critical learning point between consciously unskilled, oh no, I realize what I don't know, it's harder than I thought, to consciously skilled, okay, I've done some things now where I'm getting a little more confidence. That influences our growth as an individual as we learn or experience something new. More to come here, but today let's, let's continue to focus at a high level on cognitive bias. The second type of cognitive bias is confirmation bias. We may have a belief or make an assertion. This type of bias refers to the tendency to seek out information that supports something we already believe or know or assert. When information is being communicated, it, it may be our tendency to connect to those ideas that support our beliefs and we dismiss the information that doesn't. Or we may hear the information, but different information that doesn't support it, but rationalize why that information is not relevant. We don't want to hear certain information and, and we devalue information that challenges our way of thinking. That's confirmation bias. And we see evidence of confirmation bias on a daily basis in our lives, in the world, in our homes, and at work. My guess is we've experienced these cognitive biases in ourselves from time to time. We may not always show these two cognitive biases in every situation, but do we know when we do experience these biases? Do we have a way to check ourselves to address our blind spots? Let's work on self-assessing our cognitive biases. So here's several ways we can do that. First, let's build our awareness of our cognitive biases and let's start this week with the two we talked about. Are we dismissing information we need to make better judgments because we want to prove our point to be right? Do we think we know the answer because it's so simple we wonder why everyone else needs more information? You know, if they could just listen to me, we could move on. Are we talking about this more than we have to? Second, when we're making a decision, arguing a point, presenting information, let's ask ourselves who's impacted. This will help us broaden our thinking. Because people who hear information are directly impacted may not feel so good about what they hear. 
may make them feel like they don't have a place or a part of the work, for example. Third, when we're working with our teams, intentionally enter the work with a desire to learn by asking good questions. You know, let's bring two or three probing questions with us to arm us with a tool. You may ask, can you tell me more about what you're talking about? Can you help me understand that a little bit better? Can you give me a specific example so I can learn more? Bring those probing questions to the table with you. And fourth, know when we are too close to a situation and need to reach out to others who are credible and knowledgeable, who can help us explore varying viewpoints and perspectives. I've learned in my later years and as a leader that this has become even more important, that when I get to a point and I research it and I I want somebody to connect with, I want to go to a credible source and get them to help me work through that. As we close today, I'm reminded that our cognitive biases are related to our experiences and our memories of those experiences. We don't know what we don't know until we see evidence that paints a different picture. If we fail to seek out more information, we'll always have blind spots in our thinking and work with inaccurate information. When I was in middle school, my family and some family friends went on a summer vacation camping trip to the mountains in North Carolina. One family had a pop-up camper and two families, mine and another family friend, total of seven of us, borrowed or rented, I don't know what we did, a Class A RV to travel. It was a very fun memory that I've lived all these years. Ten years ago, I had a 50th wedding anniversary party for my parents and decided I wanted to put a video slide show together for them and for it to show at their party. I asked our family friend who was on the trip with us if I could have a copy of the movie from the camping trip to put in the video. I was so excited to view the movie and relive one of the best memories of my childhood. So I opened the movie on my computer and as I watched, I felt the winds go out of of my sails. When I saw the Class ARV, it was nothing like what I had pictured in my mind from that memory. I immediately had a flash of my family traveling alongside the Griswolds on their family vacation. My point, when I saw evidence of the vacation, I couldn't ignore a new reality. And I had to manage that reality. It didn't mean the memory of the vacation was ruined. It simply made me see that my perception was not aligned to reality. The evidence challenged me to see something differently and manage that difference. As we leave today, let's challenge our own beliefs. Let's take specific actions to expand our knowledge and open our minds to modify our thinking. Every day we experience something new and different that makes us a different person from yesterday. Our individual commitment and ability to remain curious about what the new day brings and do something with what we discover helps us reduce our cognitive biases. It's difficult to build a highly functioning team when individuals come to work uncommitted to face and manage their cognitive biases. As leaders, we need tools to help us work through our own biases and help our team members do the same. Today, my goal is to start with awareness, to move us to commitment. You know, the first principle of the nine is commit to excellence, a commitment to intentionally work through cognitive bias in the organization is a non-negotiable to becoming an excellent organization. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast, 
rate us on iTunes if you'd like, or find us on Instagram. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.